Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. Amen. Our society is in a mess. And it says a lot about a human mindset when one of the most popular songs that was ever recorded and then re-recorded, has this in its title, I Don't Wanna Be Right. The truth is that none of us are born with the desire to want to do right. And even after we are born again, and it's instilled in us the desire to do right, we often fail to do right. This mindset of want to do right, but not able to do right, is nothing new. The Apostle Paul addressed this as a challenge in his writing to the Roman church in chapter 7, verses 18 through 19. King James translated, penned it this way. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwell no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, that which is good, that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would do, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. This eternal battle is also found in our text. The Apostle Paul letter to the church at Philippi was written when the Apostle was incarcerated in a Roman prison. The relationship between Paul and this Philippian church was very special. When they heard that Paul was in prison, they immediately took action to provide for his needs. You have to really understand about prisons in the older days. They didn't provide food for you. They didn't provide clothes or anything. If you were going to eat or be clothed, someone from the outside had to bring it in or pay somebody that was there to do it. You know what, we had that today. We probably wouldn't have many people in prison. Because now prisons are so comfortable, a lot of people want to go there because it's better than being on the street. Getting back to my point. They took care of the apostle's need, and he was so thankful that he wanted to express appreciation for their gifts. But Paul also took the opportunity to address an issue that had came up in the church. It's believed that rival and personal ambition had crept in. But there was something more serious than that. False teachers had entered the congregation with a theology of antinomian. Hold your thought. 
That word is also known as cheap grace. Antinomian is a belief that Christians, and I want y'all to understand this, are released by grace from any obligation of living a righteous moral lifestyle. It was not only I don't want to be right, but I don't have to do right, and I don't have to be right. More about that later on. So while Paul's main purpose was to thank the church at Philippi for their gifts, he also addressed this issue, living the Christian lifestyle. And this theme of living the Christian lifestyle can be found throughout this thank you letter. So let's look at what the apostle said after his normal greeting in the first two verses. Verse 3 starts this way. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer. And I'll stop right there a minute because I'm going to go over some things about prayer with may have been brought up in Faith Development Wednesday night. Paul said that every time he prayed, he prayed for some things. Always in every prayer of mine, for you always making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he which begun a, what kind of work? good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. I'm going to say this so it don't slip my mind. This is something you ain't got to pray about. Because God is working something in you and he will perform it. But hold on. You see the good works mentioned here by Paul refers to the transformation that salvation brings. Our thought process before salvation is not the same after salvation. That's a fact. If you are really saved, what you used to think or the way you used to think is no longer the same. Hold it, hold it thought. We begin to think right even in the midst of doing wrong. We, 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 we do it so we can't help it, or at least we think we can't. But we are now aware of it. It is a conviction that leads to confession. A conviction that leads to confession, which leads to repentance. See, a lot of us want to stop at the confession. But we don't want to turn from that. And the Apostle Paul gave some advice to the church at Rome. Now, I know we're talking about Philippi, but let's deal with the Roman church first. In chapter 12, verse 2, he says this. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Mind. That you may prove that which is what? Good. An acceptable and perfect will of God. Transformation is a part of sanctification. It's a process that is developed to its fullness over time. 
it comes from the Spirit of God working in us to accomplish God's will. Two words he used here. Conform and transform. Conform means to be molded into a set form. Transform means to change the form. See if I can make it make sense to you. My wife bakes a great cake. Now, sometimes she'll bake a what we call a pound cake, a round one with a hole in it. So the form she used, I think they call it a bunt cake pan. She poured the dough into that pan, and when the cake comes out, it has the same shape as the pan. But my wife also cooks what you might call a layer cake. So she puts it into a different form, a round pan, and when she pulls the dough in there, guess what? When it's made, it comes out how? Round. But my favorite is the one she cooked. It's in a loaf pan, a long, oblong thing. I know some of y'all don't got some. When she poured it into that long, oblong one, guess what? It comes out just like the form. See, when we're conformed to stuff, we can't help it. What the difference is what you pulled into. What you pulled into changes your, your form. See, some of y'all need to be transformed. And the form you're being pulled into is on social media. The form you've been pulled into is on Facebook. Not that everything on Facebook is bad, don't get me wrong. But some of the things that we look at forms us. Some of the things we listen to forms us. And we don't ever change our mindset. We got to change the form. How, how, how do we resist being conformed to the world's standards? Here's what Paul said. Let's go back to Philippians. A very often quoted verse. Philippians 2 and 5. Paul writes this, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The language of this verse implies we need to learn to think like Jesus. And going back to my analogy about what you're doing home, and Father number one, Jerry, me was saying, you can't learn to think like Jesus when you listen to everything of the devil. And y'all know what y'all look at and listen to. Oh, it ain't hurting nobody. I ain't doing it. But it's forming something in your mind. You ain't thinking like Jesus. You can't think like Jesus and act like the devil. This means that as believers in Christ, we ought to have the same selfless attitude of humility of Jesus Christ. This, this, this thing
meaning literally means like mind. It's reflected meditation that transforms the mind. And the Apostle Paul gives an example of what it means to have a transformed mind of Christ in our key verse in our text found in verses 6 and 8 in Philippians 2. Let's look at this and take it slowly. Who, talking about Jesus, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form, y'all got it, of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Go back to my example about the mold. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. This is an example of self-denial. As God, Jesus had all the rights of God. But he set aside his rights of divinity when he became a man. This is called the incarnation. During his incarnated state, he surrendered his rights and died not just a death, but a condemned criminal death. The worst kind of death. Not only in pain, but also the one that people viewed as the worst way to die on the cross. And Paul takes on this point and continues in verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now in verse 1, he's talking about the work of God, which God has worked in us. We ain't got to pray about that. But this work of salvation that we got to do, we got to pray about that. Here we go. The work that we're talking about, salvation, only God can do that. But now Paul calls for us to work out what God has worked in. In other words, he's already put it in there. You got to work it out. Word translated salvation can also be rendered as deliverance. And this is the correct interpretation in this particular passage. Paul is calling for every Christian, every member of the church to put an effort into living the Christian life. And you can't do that without prayer. God help me to live this life. He's put his spirit in you. And and won't you look at this 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 thing again said with fear and trembling. See, we got to take this work seriously. The, the word fear here is phobia. It's phobos really, but it's our English word phobia. We ought to have a fear of trusting ourselves. to bother you in your mind. We, we've been saying this in Bible study about 
the fact that God knows my heart. And we don't really look at the fact that the Bible tells us the heart is deceitful. Just because it feels right. Just because you think it's right. You've concocted in your mind that it's right. Don't make it right. Let me, let me, give, you, let me give you some example. Legally, a woman can't abort a child. And for a lot of people that's raising the sand right now because they got this new law because they think it's right. Hello. Legally in some state, a man can marry a man and a woman can marry a woman. And we can say it's right because we live in the land of liberty. That don't make it right. It ought to bother us every time we see it. Don't get me wrong. We need to love. We need to pray. But we don't need to be deceived and say, well, that's on them. That's what they want to do. No, it violates the word of God. There ought to be a fear within us every time we accept what everybody says is okay. A fear so much that it causes us to quake and tremble. Morgan was saying something about giving this morning. He said, he's afraid not to give. There will be some things on TV we ought to be afraid to look at. Some books we ought to be afraid to read. Oh, you can't trust yourself. It ought to be a phobia. I know some people that got hyperphobia. They won't even go over certain bridges because they are fear of heights. Some people won't go into a closet because they got claustrophobia. They won't even go in and play the dark. We need a sin phobia. Hallelujah. Now this work out process is not impossible. It's not impossible because it don't depend upon us. Paul continued in verse 13 with this word. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Very translated work, it means effective, accomplished. The verb tense implies a continual thing to be at work. God is continually being at work in us. Now the original word was used of cultivating land. Taking something that was dry and hard and doing something to it. Now I want you to follow the, the, the thought pattern of Paul here. God is working in us. He is cultivating us. He's cultivating our mind. So that's what that means. You know what that means? There are some things God is digging up in us. Something God is stirring up in us. Something God is breaking up in us. 
Something God is overturning in us. Stuff and things that's in us. And that's another process in cultivating. Some of you country folks will understand what I'm talking about. When they fertilize the land, brother Fred, in the country, they don't go and buy no Scott fertilizer. They use what God has made natural. They use cow manure. Now, cow manure does not smell good. I talked to the boys today, if you ever been by our farm, cow manure don't smell good. But it does a wonderful job for the soil. What am I telling you? Something God's going to put in your life that you don't like. It don't smell good to you, but it's good for you. Heard Miss Pat talking about castor oil and something she said it was so bad in, in Quintine, she would never give her kid. Well, I'll tell you what, Miss Pat, it worked for me. And sometimes we have that mindset. And I know I'm just as guilty as anybody. I want to prevent my children to go through something that I went through, but it got you where you are today. This, this thing says the will to do means the desire and the action. Both are from God. The Spirit of God is provided in us to instill his will, that is desire, in us, but also to empower us to do what we desire. Let's reflect back on the, what was going on at the Philippian church. Paul has encouraged them to live the Christian life. I spoke about rivalry and personal ambition, false doctrine. They will destroy any church. So Paul gives some specific instruction on how to work out God's purpose of Christian living. Verse 14 of chapter 2. Do all things. How many things? I want y'all get this now. Do what? Without murmuring and disputing. Did the scripture say all things? Personally, I wish it didn't, but it's there. Because I found myself complaining about a lot of things when the scripture tells me do all things but doubt it. Why? Verse 15, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as the light in the world. Let's kind of review again what's going on in this Philippian church. There are two issues. First, some members began to turn through antinomia the liberty of grace into a license to sin. And that's what's happening in our nation today. The liberty of grace into a license to sin. And Paul called them in chapter 3, verse 18, 
enemies of the cross. It's cheap grace. God died. He paid a tremendous price to save you from your sin. Why are you going to go back into it? It's cheap grace. The second problem, some members were complaining and arguing. And Paul named two of them. Eros and Satichi, two women, was having fights in church. And they were good workers in the church. They just couldn't get along. And this inconsistency and in fighting church was being observed by the outside world. Y'all see that, that last thing in the midst of a crooked and perverse uh, nation among whom you're supposed to be shining the light of the world? Well, they wasn't shining very bright. Strife and contention in the church will never attract non-believers to accept the Lord as Savior. So what's the point? We're all called to live out the salvation that God's worked in us. It's a process of transformation and spiritual maturity. It is a matter, my brothers and sisters, of mind over matter. You see, when we get our mind right, other stuff in this world won't matter. So Paul gave us a remedy to aid in our mind. In Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, sisterin, Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Next time somebody gets your goat and you begin to think evil and think bad, rebuke it. Bring this to mind. And you're going to find out you don't want to do it. Because you want to stay in the same form that you're in. See, when we think about the right things, we now have the capability to do the right things. But it's not us that does the work in us. But the Holy Spirit in us that does the work is the reason that Paul wrote a verse that everybody knew Pine Rose, the older crew are very familiar with in Philippians 4.13. I can do all things, it don't just stop there, through him who strengthens me. It is only through the power of the Holy Spirit working in us that we have strength and the desire to do. My brothers and sisters, none of us have the strength or the will to surrender our lives to Christ. That's the reason that when we have invitation to discipleship, people can't surrender 
Because they're trying to do it themselves. When I get right, it ain't time. I know what I'm doing. One thing that Christian and non-Christian need to keep in mind. Jesus came in the flesh, the incarnation. He surrendered his will to save us. Why I say that? Because he was in the garden of Gethsemane praying to the Father. It wasn't his will to do it. Father, if it be your will, take this cup from me. Three times he asked it. It wasn't his will, but he said, nevertheless, not my will, so that wasn't his will. But thy will be done. That's what some of you guys are going to have to do. You have to surrender. I, I know we have the formality where we think people come down that they'll say, really, I'm going to tell you the truth, they ain't about a hill of beans. Anybody can do that. It's what you really have inside of your heart. You got to surrender inwardly. And then he'll place something in you that you can work out with the help of the Holy Spirit. Jesus gave everything when he gave his life. And we need to keep this in mind because of what he did. Listen to what the apostle Paul said, and I'm going back to Philippians 2, verse 9. Because he gave everything, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that, so that at the name of Jesus, Every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under earth. That means people that already done died, people that's living now, and people that are going to be born. Every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. You can bow now unto him as Savior, or you will bow to him later as judge. You can confess him now as your Lord, or you will confess him later as the Lord. The choice is yours, but he has worked something in you to work it out of you. Now stand with me, please. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.